FM New York, WKCRHD1, WKCR.org. This is the Dexter Gordon Centennial Broadcast. Dexter Gordon, born 100 years ago today. I'm your host for this next three hours, Mitch Goldman, and I have the great pleasure of introducing my guest for this segment, Eric Person. Welcome back to WKCR. Very happy to be here. Uh, what is this, my 55th time doing Deep Focus? That's right. That's right. I'm thinking. <laughs> That's not an official number. <laughs> no, it's, it's documented. <laughs> and I, I think we should do the Deep Focus format, even though technically it's a centennial segment. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's not broad, uh, Deep Focus in that sense, but. Yeah. I think we've just fallen into it naturally oh, anyway, yeah, yeah. so, you know. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, I was, Dexter Gordon was was my guy. Mm. I was a big, big fan. And I don't know, can't remember if you and I have ever discussed Dexter Gordon, but I know even before I ask, mm-hmm. before I asked you to come up today, mm-hmm. that you, you have love. Yeah, actually, I've been listening to some Dexter uh, quite a bit lately. You know, I like to... Uh, listening to music I haven't heard, or or, or even um, artists who I'm, I I kind of need catching up on. Um, so Dexter was one that I kind of was like, yeah, I haven't listened to Dexter a lot lately, you know. So um, yeah, so I've been he he's been kind of calling me lately. But yeah, I'm, I mean I love Dexter. I love you know his timing, his you know his feel, his his sound. Um, his his humor, his whimsy, um, you know. I like that, that he was like actually uh, he was a bebopper, but he was like modern, you know. And uh, it's been well documented that you know Train was influenced by him. And, oh, you can hear that, yeah. Sure. But then you know, as Train got here out here and introduced new um, uh, concepts for the saxophone and and and, and harmony and all that stuff Dexter picked up on that and added that to his thing so that's kind of like one of the few times that's one of the most documented thing where it's kind of like okay I gave to you now I'm I'm getting something back from you yeah you know people don't tend to think of Dexter in that particular way I'll say it's funny you could have just taken the words right out of my mouth of some of his distinguishing features of the uh that his t- especially his time. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, you can always hear him the way he's laying back yeah, yeah. in that against the beat. Yeah. But all that stuff that you were saying, I agree a hundred percent. 
But uh, also the thing I was going to say that people don't really talk about so much with him, he did that thing that, you know, everybody will give uh, Art Blakey credit for bringing guys along and being open to mm-hmm. what the next generation was doing. I think Dexter, not in exactly the same way as Blakey, but he mm-hmm. was, that definitely describes him in a big way. I think mm-hmm. he was really always trying to hear what the new thing was that was yeah. happening. Well, I, I agree. And uh, actually, um, when I was in St. Louis uh, as a kid, as a teenager, you know, playing with, with the records and all that, and I came across that homecoming record with, you know, Woody Shaw and his rhythm section. It wasn't Dexter's rhythm section that he put together. It was Woody's rhythm section. So uh, I, I could actually see Dexter being like, hey, you know, Woody, let's uh, let's go with your guys, man. They're hip. I want to be hip. Let's do this, you know. And, and um, you know, that was history in the making, you know. And, and, I, I have, and that, was a, that was a huge record, too. That, that was, was a, a huge record, yeah. And a... And a, and a, and a, and a beginning of some really nice collaborative efforts between him and Woody Shaw that, that I really uh, like, you know, yeah. on, the, on, on Columbia, you know. Yeah. Yeah, the timing of that was so crucial. And, you know, I love me some 70s fusion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that was such a response to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Dexter was the guy in yeah. the right place at the right time, the right place in his creative life and bringing and Woody Shaw was there were very few people of his generation who were playing that idiom Mm -hmm. and that was such just perfectly like you said it caught fire the two of Mm -hmm. them vibing off of each other Woody's band and and Dexter being the elder statesman that he was um I don't know if uh, anybody has given the biographical details about Dexter recently, but he was coming off of like a 14-year period of living in Europe, Mm -hmm. and he wasn't in isolation there. He was back and forth, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't really performing uh, to speak of very much at all. He was in Europe, in in New York. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. or and in In states, States, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then that was, uh, but yeah, Yeah, the homecoming. It was truly a homecoming, yeah. But 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 um, uh, t- to continue, uh, kind of like what you were mentioning about Woody. Uh, actually, uh, I think this was kind of like the beginning of Woody Shaw's kind of uh, rise because you know right after this he would start recording for Columbia. But musically, I think um, this was like kind of the ultimate validation. Because Woody had been around for years. Obviously, he'd been on, you know, a lot of really fine records and everything. But Woody kind of was just like, I've actually thought about this lately. Go with it, um, yeah. Yeah. Woody Shaw wasn't um, given the chance to record on, like, Columbia and maybe, you know, I'm sorry, not Columbia, Blue Note. And right. Let's he, say, was a, he was a sideman on Blue Note Records, but... Right. He never got that leader yeah. slot. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think I think it's been mentioned that. Um, uh, okay, I think what it was here's here's what I I think you know I, I've thought about this quite a bit lately. It was too many really 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 good trumpet players around. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have Freddie Hubbard. He really got the. Yeah, attention. Yeah, he he was firing on all cylinders. He was he was already on Blue Note. You had Lee Morgan. 
yeah, forget about it. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> and then you had Woody Shaw. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Miles Davis. So it just was really kind of like, do we really need another guy out here that we got to think about? You know, so really like once Fusion came and took uh, took Freddie's attention and then Miles's attention and then uh, Lee Morgan had passed, then it was Woody Shaw's chance to kind of rise up. And through those years, and, and you're right, it had been years that had gone by. I don't want to go too far down this road because it is Dexter Day. Mm-hmm. But Woody Shaw is part of the story of Dexter Day. Mm-hmm. Um, he never stopped doing what he was doing. He never changed the mm-hmm. focus that he had, a very sharp, tight focus it mm-hmm. was. and But you're right. And, and some of the records that he did during that period of time were not the best-sounding records, were not the mm-hmm. best-marketed records. And it was a perfect time for him to come together with yeah. Dexter. And they did do their thing together. And this is perfect, actually, discussion. Because what we're talking about happened in the years 1976, 77, 78. Mm-hmm. And it's a perfect lead-in to some of the live recordings that we have from the WKCR mm-hmm. archives. And we've got some gems mm-hmm. from uh, European radio broadcasts from that period, 70s, 80s. that we are going to be exploring for the next three hours. And uh, this first one is uh, right right in the pocket, what you're talking about. It's actually a quartet as opposed to quintet. But other than that, why don't you tell us what we're going to hear? Well, actually, it's uh, the venue is a place called Subway. It's in Cologne, Germany. As I understand, the place is still around. It's it's around the corner. Mm from the Chelsea Hotel where young Eric Person and young Mitch Goldman stayed many years oh, really? ago. Okay. On Aachnerstrasse. <laughs> <laughs> right? Just a few blocks away. And it, yeah, it's still there. It's not really a jazz club well, we anymore. Play the, uh, that, obviously, that's when I was with Shannon Jackson. So we, we, we played at the Stock Garden? Yes, we did. Yeah. Yes, okay. we did. Yeah. All right. But this is, this is closer to the hotel where we mm-hmm. were. Right there. Oh, yeah. cool. It's still there. Well, we're going to start off with a tune that I... I have in my my personal collection uh, uh, on a record. I think it's Prestige actually, uh, with uh, Dexter playing Secret Love. So he's starting this set with Secret Love, and and then like Someone in Love, a Donald Byrd composition Tanya. You've changed, and then Sticky Wicked. Mm-hmm. Dexter's own. Mm-hmm. It is February twenty seventh, two thousand twenty three the 100th anniversary of the arrival on this planet of Dexter Gordon. And we are celebrating all day at WKCR. And Eric Person and I are uh, exploring some of these live recordings, 70s, 80s. It's a a deep focus format show. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. And uh, let's go to, I I have to take issue with one thing you said, Uh Eric. You know that's dangerous. Yeah, I'm saying. You said Köln, Germany. It was actually Köln, West Germany. Germany oh, okay. at the time. But mm. other than that, I cannot disagree. Okay. All right, mm-hmm. off to the subway, Club Subway, March 1978. Dexter Gordon, did we say who's in the band? Oh, no, we didn't. Uh, Dexter Gordon, tenor saxophone, George Cables on piano, Rufus Reed bass, Eddie Gladden drums. All right, Secret Love, WKCR, Dexter Gordon Radio. <laughs> Thank you. 
You don't want them to stop. <laughs> Even after a 25-minute song like that, you want it to keep going. Music from Dexter Gordon, live music from Dexter Gordon. And we are celebrating nothing but Dexter Gordon on this day, the centennial anniversary of his arrival here on planet Earth, February 27th, 1923, and it's been 100 years. We're doing 24 hours of nothing but Dexter Gordon. I'm Mitch Goldman, and Eric Person is my guest for a little deep focus segment now till 9 p.m. on Dexter Gordon and uh, some live recordings from the 70s and 80s, including that one. Eric, what are, where are we at? What's going on? Uh, Dexter killing two standard tunes, and um, his mistakable sound is is just unbelievable to uh, behold. And um, secret love, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, it was a tune that I came to love from his playing of that tune. You know, so it's great to hear him again. Playing. It's a beautiful melody. I yeah. don't know what the chords are or anything of it, but it's a very recognizable mm -hmm. and, and catchy. It's actually got some um, some nice little half-step harmonic touches in it. That's one of the reasons I like to play it, because, and you can hear, you know, I mean, not Houston. I'm I know we were talking about Houston person earlier. Yeah. Uh, Dexter was, you know, just working those changes, man. And But, you know, um, when, uh, during the during while I was playing, me and you were talking about uh, the fact that I noticed that um, Dexter was playing differently on uh, like someone in love, and and maybe it's just something about the melody, because you know, you know he's big. Oh, he loves those. Some long notes. You know, it's like grand. Like written for him. Right, think, yeah. right. Or he makes it sound like it was written for exactly, him. Exactly, exactly. And then we come to like someone in love, and he, he actually is not as, as grand. He's not as, as big. And I, and I was kind of like, I wonder if it's something that happened or maybe he was distracted. And he actually started playing some things a lot, lot faster. So maybe he actually consciously took uh, on that song uh, some liberties. Yeah, some liberties to. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to fix your mic. It's a little. It's okay. Right back to there, okay, I'm leaning into it. Uh, yeah, maybe he he decided to take some liberties to try some other kinds of ideas because he actually didn't do a lot of the big quoting that he did on the tune before, which is a absolutely a signature of his. Yeah. Oh, totally. And so this tune, you heard him do some little sweeping fast things, which is. We don't associate with them, you know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is a tune that Coltrane actually recorded in a in a, in a uh, strange session with uh, Cecil Taylor. Yes, <laughs> yes. So maybe he took a listen and to that. And with Kenny Durham, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah. That was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know whose idea that was. But, uh. <laughs> you should give Chuck Israels a call. You know, he was on that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see what he got. Hey. I'm giving you pearls here, man. Uh, you are. You are. I'll give you, I'm giving you 10% for this one, too. And yeah. And um, 
Well, yeah, you know, you hear that when, you know, Dexter definitely was, people talk about him being kind of one of the, one of influence on Coltrane, which he certainly was. Mm -hmm. But as you were saying, it it definitely cut both ways. Um, You know, Dexter recording, you were talking about Moments Notice, that's another one that Dexter recorded, Mm -hmm. totally made it sound like his thing. His own thing, yeah. But uh, obviously... You know, he's thinking about Coltrane and mm-hmm. doing that. And um, he's, I wanted to back out and ask you as a saxophonist, Dexter Gordon has a, to my ear, has a very distinctive sound, but I don't know if I could quite quantify what the elements are. And I think you probably can of how would you describe that sound and what are the elements that contribute to that? In his playing, his choices. What contributes to, to to make his sound to be the way it is? Oh, okay. Well, we could start with just the tonality of it. I mean, let alone his time and everything else that mm-hmm. goes with that. But he's it's very distinctive. Okay, I, I one big thing. If you look at Dexter when he plays. Okay, like like if you look at some guys when they play, you'd be like, you might not notice because you're not a saxophone player, but I notice these things immediately. Uh, I look at people's embouchure. Yeah. And so uh, some guys have a very tight embouchure or compact. Yeah. Very little, uh, you'll see very little low lower lip. Mm-hmm. But with Dexter, you always saw that lip. Yeah. A lot of lip, actually. Extra yeah. lip, lip on the side. And actually, Dave Liebman even said, you know, guys who have that have a be- have the better, more more perfect embouchure. Wow. Not not the tight, yeah. perfect-looking embouchure, but the embouchure that has that lip, that bottom lip is padding, in a sense. Wow, interesting. To give it that fullness, that depth, that warmth, and that character. Yeah. So... Dexter had that in spades, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got. It's kind of. It's, it's funny, you know. If you talk about a saxophonist having a dry sound, no one ever talks about a saxophonist having a wet sound. <laughs> I don't know about that, <laughs> but he kind of does. There's like a, mm-hmm. uh, a little juiciness there. there yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably was on all the time. <laughs> Let's go to the Columbia uh, uh, archives right, and pull out those the, tapes and just solo his uh, mic. Yeah, I thought you were going to say check the uh, check the box for like <laughs> some of the spray marks. Or something. <laughs> yeah. But no, he does. He's it's a very singular sound. And then you were talking about uh, his time. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could expand on that a little bit too, because again. Really, I can't think of anybody. He is immediately identifiable just from that. I mean, that thing, people's time conception, it's, it's sometimes hard to say where they get it. Uh, sometimes if, if somebody's from the Midwest or South, then people say, oh, I get where you get your time. You know, it's kind of laid back. It's a little behind the beat and all that stuff because uh, cause you're not – because those people tend not to be aggressive, you know. So uh, Dex was very, very much a laid back guy, uh, but he was from L.A., you know. Yeah, that could be 
laid back place. But then you got Dolphy, you know. Right. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's hard to say. I mean, I can't I can't pinpoint any influence where I could say, oh, he definitely got it from there. So I think I, it's I just don't mean influence. I mean, maybe you could just characterize the the playing itself mm-hmm. and what he's doing. What what that gives it that feel. People might taking his time. Yeah, taking his time. I mean, you know, that's like that's the great lost art of the music taking uh, taking your time and playing with space playing yeah. something and letting it breathe take it uh, playing something and letting you get it and then then I play something else and letting you get that you know it's it's like dialogue you yeah. know um you know but that's 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 the that's the hardest parts of the music to really rap for new guys young guys to wrap their heads around, hey man, it's less is more, you know. Tell a story, Dexter. You know, is definitely telling a story. Oh yeah, and that's what I was saying about Secret Love. It's like he's playing these, 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 these long sentences, you yeah. know, and then he's connecting it to another long sentence. He's not just playing this chord and he's playing. He's he's like playing these grand grand gestures you yeah, know statements these, yeah these statements yeah yeah and um it's exceptional i mean it's very personal and you know he stood i mean he was he was a cut above the rest yeah you know? he, was, he was yeah still is mm-hmm. talking about dexter gordon on the 100th anniversary of his birth he passed away in 1990 age 67 and uh, even for those years he did a lot of living yeah in those 67 years and I think every bit of it comes through in the music when he's playing. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm thinking about that sound. And, uh, well, let me, if I didn't say, maybe we should tell them where we are and what we're listening to. So this is a live recording from the KCR archives recorded at Club Subway in Cologne, West Germany, March 7th, 1978. The band George Cables, by the way, Ripping, yeah. I mean, that was a, a tremendous solo all on its own. Totally, totally. Rufus Reed on the bass, Eddie Gladden on the drums. These are sounds like these are his guys too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know he did a lot of gigs with them, but it sounds like there's a uh, comfort level and uh, responsiveness among them. No doubt, no doubt. I don't know if I've ever not heard that on any of his gigs, but uh, definitely hearing it here. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I can't even envision him having a sad rhythm section. Yeah. yeah. They'd have to get him, too, you know. Yeah. Oh, he wouldn't be happy. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, he was, we were saying, all eyes are on Dexter when he's on the mm-hmm. stage. He's He's got that uh, swagger about him. He had that style, and he was, uh, he was a handsome man. Six six, it was a presence always, yeah, definitely. and didn't even seem to try, but uh, it was uh, it was as you said, one of a kind. I, I was gonna say uh, that uh, on his on the, on, the, on his wiki page, I was looking at it a little earlier. They actually have his instruments, you know, his mouthpiece and everything. He actually played an auto link uh, number eight. Hmm. What does that Where, say to you? Uh, open, very open. And actually, Houston Person plays a number nine. Hmm. 
not an auto link, but he plays a um, a Lawton number nine. And uh, I play, I play my mouthpiece now is an eight. You know, I I put a lot of air through the horn. You know, I like to push it. You know, so like playing a six, mm, mm. that ain't gonna yeah. work. And then in uh, round midnight, doesn't he? He talks about reeds. <laughs> Doesn't he? I I haven't seen him. I think he does. Yeah, yeah. Rico Royal number four, whatever it was. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I mean, but he's he's talking about the old Rico Royal. It's it's like he's talking about the brown box that they stopped making in the uh, like the eighties or whatever, early (laughs) eighties. But uh, it's just like Selma. Some people be like, "Oh yeah, I'm playing a Selma," but you ain't play if you ain't playing the Mark Six. He played the Mark Six. Yeah, you know, (laughs) you can have problems there. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he's doing it yeah yeah but almost also does do you think like if he picked up some like little student cheapo horn he'd still get a sound out of it maybe not no. i mean it it's it it says here that he played a con 10 m uh and he co- played a uh a con 30 m conquer uh yeah conqueror now I I used to play a uh, Con 10M. They were always known for a big sound, and um, probably even bigger than his Selmer. But you know, probably depending on his setup, he might have said, "Hey, I want to play it, have a little more agility." The the uh, Selmer uh, mechanism was just more advanced than the Con, so you could you could just get a certain fleetness. Well, no, let, let me th- let me take that back. Um, it was just a different feel. He might have just outgrew the the con feel. You know, it's just like actually those those horns like the con and the uh, Buchers, they had a lighter feel, and 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 the Selmer had a, a little more, um, just uh, I want to say solid. It it was it was it was just a little more firm, and. And like I say, the other horns had had a, like a a softer hmm. mm-hmm. mechanism. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Action. That's what it is. Yeah. Action. You yeah. know. Uh, so he might have just kind of said, "Hey, man, this is the next evolution in the horn," because that's really what it was. The action on the Selmer is just unbelievable. Well, also maybe it was another influence of Coltrane and oh, no doubt those guys, no doubt. And I'm um, trying to remember. There was a, a story of an instrument that he got from. Think from Ben Webster, kind mm. of going the other direction, but um, I, I mm. might be, might even be apocryphal. I don't know. We'll have to look up that on the on the break. Yes. All right. Well, uh, it's the Dexter Gordon anniversary centennial broadcast, and we're here twenty four hours. And uh, I'm Mitch Goldman. Very happy to have Eric Person here with me in the studio. And we are listening to this recording from Cone in March of 1978. George Cable's piano, Rufus Reed on the bass, Eddie Gladden on the drums. And uh, what's this next piece we're going to hear? Actually, it's uh, this, now this is the 25 minute piece. This is uh, Donald Burr's Tanya. Um, those other two pieces, Secret Love and Like Someone in Love, were 16 minutes and 18 minutes, respectively. So this is going to be a long piece. I'm I'm eager to hear what they're going to do with this. Um, yeah. All right. It's Dexter Gordon Radio on WKCR-FM New York, 
WKCR HD1, WKCR.org. This is part one of a three-part program from February 27th, 2023. It was, well, you heard me say the centennial of the arrival on the planet of Dexter Gordon. Such a pleasure having Eric Person shining a bright, bold light on the specialness of Dexter. And Eric, you heard us joking about this a little bit earlier in the show that uh, he has been my most frequent guest on Deep Focus. That is very much true. If you want to find out the other shows he's been on, because he is a great guest, go to my personal webpage, mitchgoldman.com, pull down the About Deep Focus tab, and there's a search bar in there, a Google search bar. Put Eric Person's name in there in quotes, and uh, you should get a number of other programs come up. You can also page through. If you want to go back through the hundreds of episodes that have been posted, you could look on your podcasting app, your favorite app on your phone, subscribe to Deep Focus and look in there, or go to our hosting site, which is mitchgoldman.podbean.com. Please do subscribe. Please do give us some likes and thumbs up and five stars and whatever else they have. It's going to, you know, there are literally millions of podcasts. Nobody knows we're doing this. I don't know how you stumbled in here. I'm glad you did. And I hope that some people who love the music that you love find out about us. Best way they're going to do that is if you tell them. Tell some friends. Put it on your socials. Or just like us up on uh, wherever you subscribe. Really makes such a difference. You want to tell us how you feel. We want to know. You can email us at uh, deepfocusnow, deepfocusnow at gmail.com, deepfocusnow at gmail.com. Okay, so this was part one. You got two more hour-long chunks of Dexter Gordon night, so I'll see you over at part two.